This is an AMI podcast. I'm Kelly McDonald. I'm Ramia Amadin, and this is Kelly and Ramia. Hello, I'm Frances Wong, and I invite you to join me as we explore topics of health and wellness so that you can make the best choices for you to live an informed and radiant life. Francis, for the last two times we've chatted with you, we've talked about brain health and how some people can boost their brain capacity. Uh, we talked about things like microdosing or alternatively through diet. But what about when brain capacity decreases or declines, uh, sometimes with age, sometimes with other things? This is what we're going to talk about today, dementia specifically, and this includes some early warning signs. I'm very curious. Thanks, Ramya. Uh, For today's discussion, I wanted to do a bit of a deeper dive into dementia and the types of dementia because I feel that there is confusion out there on the difference uh, between dementia and other forms of memory loss, Mm -hmm. the most common one being Alzheimer's. So let's start with what dementia actually is or isn't. So dementia is not a single disease. The Alzheimer's Association defines dementia as an umbrella term for loss of memory and other thinking abilities severe enough to interfere with daily life and independent function. It's also quite broad in the sense that these symptoms affect not only behavior, but feelings and relationships as well. The cause of these diseases is a result of abnormal brain changes. In the past, dementia was also referred to as senile dementia, with the belief that serious mental decline is a normal part of aging. Fortunately, that belief is incorrect, and we don't have to have serious mental decline as part of aging. Okay, very good, because I think, Francis, you picked a topic today that does need so much clarification because we have these inherent views of it and and definitions in our mind. Now, let's start with the umbrella part. If dementia is an umbrella term, what are some of the types of dementia? Uh, Kelly, this is where a lot of the brain diseases that most people have heard of fall under. The most common one I just mentioned is Alzheimer's, and that accounts for 60 to 80% of cases. That's really such a big number that I wanted to spend a little bit of extra time talking about Alzheimer's specifically. So Alzheimer's disease is a physical illness that damages a person's brain, which eventually causes dementia. The causes are complex, but the buildup of two substances inside the brain called amyloid and tau may Make it harder for the brain to work properly. These clump up and form structures called plaques and tangles. And what happens is that over time, certain parts of the brain have shrunk in size and are no longer able to function or cope with the damage. Some of the symptoms that this it, this is that the person will have problems with memory and thinking and gradually over time, it can get to the point where they have difficulty doing everyday tasks that they used to be able to do easily. And then after Alzheimer's, vascular dementia is the second most common type of dementia. This type of dementia occurs as a result of microscopic bleeding and blood vessel blockage in the brain. As you can imagine, if your your blood supply is limited to the brain, is limited or restricted to the brain, it can cause issues. And you will see that someone that has vascular dementia will have difficulties with following steps or instructions, like required when you know cooking a meal mm. or having problems with planning or organizing and making decisions or solving problems. And within vascular dementia, there are further subtypes which we won't get into today. 
Another type of dementia is called dementia with Lewy bodies, or DLB. In this case, the abnormal brain change is when tiny clumps of proteins known as Lewy bodies, named after the German doctor F.H. Lewy, who first discovered them, these proteins appear in the nerve cells of the brain. We're not sure why they develop, but the symptoms that occur for this disease differ and depend on which part of the brain has the biggest buildup of these faulty proteins. A couple of things that can happen is that there may be a reduction in the chemicals needed to send messages to the brain, or that these proteins break the connection between nerve cells, which eventually cause the cells to stop working. There are other forms of dementia as well, but I wanted to mention one other type, mixed dementia. And it is what it sounds like, dementia from more than one cause. And I guess you can probably guess with Alzheimer's being one of the highest types of uh, dementia, and vascular dementia, the, these two together is the most common type. Okay. And where does Parkinson's fit in the picture here? That's a great question. Parkinson's is also caused by a buildup of Lewy bodies or those proteins in the brain. And there is overlap with the symptoms. Both diseases cause problems with thinking, mood, movement, and how well the body functions. The difference is in the order that the disease progresses. In dementia with Lewy bodies, the symptoms of dementia begin before or around the same time as the person develops problems with movement. For people with Parkinson's disease, though, the symptoms of dementia often develop many years after the movement problems begin. Okay. Wow, taking a lot in here today. It's absolutely incredible. Great stuff. Um, can you go over some examples of how to tell the difference between dementia and normal aging? Right. Yeah, that's a, I'll cover a few examples. These are not exclusive, but we'll start. So with when it comes to memory, someone may have misplaced something from time to time who hasn't done that. So you might forget where you placed your phone or your keys, right. but you can retrace your steps to locate them. Someone with signs of dementia may instead put these objects in unusual places. So those keys might end up in the fridge. When it comes to language, a common sign of aging can be sometimes when we've temporarily forgotten a word, but then remember it later. You know how that happens. We're talking about something and it's at the tip of our tongue and eventually it comes back. This differs from some signs of dementia in that that person frequently has trouble finding the right word and refers to objects as that thing. The last example I'll give is that of orientation of time and place. So someone who is aging normally may forget which day of the week it is. Heck, that happens to me now, but I'll eventually figure it out. But someone with dementia could lose track of the date or season, year, or even the passage of time. Mm. Okay. Yeah, so severe examples slash like very different uh, from one another for us just chalking up to things as, you know, memory loss or Can't aging. Can't find that word or whatever. Yeah, right. yeah. Is dementia an inherited disease? The good news in all of this is the majority of dementia is not inherited by children and grandchildren. And in the case of Alzheimer's, only 1% is inherited. The most important risk factor for Alzheimer's is age. It's quite common in people in their late 70s and 80s. Having said that, if someone has early onset Alzheimer's, say they develop before the age of 60, then there is a greater chance that this type of Alzheimer's can be passed on. I know we've talked here on the program about the differences, because for the longest time, people had different heart conditions. It was the same for males as females. And that we start to learn is not necessarily true, but things have to be looked at differently. Do we have to do that? Is there any differences between men and women when it comes to dementia? 
Yes, unfortunately, about twice as many women have Alzheimer's compared to men. And one of the main reasons for this is that women often outlive men. And we know that the old age is the biggest risk factor for the disease. Some of the other causes come down to differences in biology, like pregnancy and menstruation. For example, as women age, their sex hormones such as estrogen and progesterone fall. And it has been thought that estrogen has a range of protective effects on brain health, including an ability to block some of the harmful effects of substances involved in Alzheimer's disease. Other factors are related to tra traditional differences in gender roles. For example, education and work are big factors. It's not so much the case today, but even going back a few generations ago, women didn't generally have the opportunity to obtain higher education or worked in highly skilled occupations. And we talked about this on our brain chat in September, that it's important to have mental stimulation, whether mm. it's doing brain teasers or crossword puzzles or games so that we can preserve our in or increase our cognitive function and cognitive reserve. Very true, Francis, and that comes with a lot of different examples and opportunities as well. Are there things um, along the same lines, I guess, are there things we can do to minimize or slow down our chances of getting dementia as we get older? Yes. Yeah, so if you've been listening to me for a while, you will know that some of the things that I'm going to suggest should not be any surprise at all. The focus should be on keeping active, eating healthy, and of course, exercising your mind. So in terms of keeping active, if you're not someone who has been regularly exercising, start slow and find things that you enjoy doing so that you can keep doing them. If it's something like hiking, you can even find a group to join. So there's not only an accountability factor, but you can also socialize at the same time, which we know is important for our brain and well-being. For a healthy diet, variety is key, and the more natural whole foods we eat, the better it is for our brain and our body. I'm going to add smoking here as well. If you're smoking, mm -hmm. you're putting yourself at a much higher risk of developing dementia later in life because smoking affects the circulation of the blood around the body, particularly the blood vessels in the brain. Same goes for alcohol. If you're excessively drinking, it will damage some of your organs and your brain and, again, can increase your risk of dementia. And lastly, regarding exercising your mind, we've mentioned doing brain teasers and brain games to keep our cognition sharp. With some of the examples that I gave earlier, it's important to not be confused with other possible health conditions. Someone who is suffering from depression may be having a hard time making decisions or get confused easily or appears withdrawn. We shouldn't jump to any conclusions, but if you suspect you or a loved one has possible signs of dementia, you should get properly diagnosed by your healthcare provider. The earlier this is caught, the earlier that certain treatments can be implemented to help slow the process down if it is indeed dementia. And if it is determined to be dementia, know that there are a lot of resources and support groups out there that can help, starting with the Alzheimer's Society of Canada. Mm, because I think Francis, as I'm sure in your research, so many of us, and and we, you know, even reading it, and as you as you gather, it, it frightens us so much because we think of of oh, once I'm told, what then? Or if I go get checked out and am told, what then? Oh, I don't, I don't want to deal with that. If I don't know, I don't know. Um, or it can't be this. And I, I think a lot of time we do have to realize, well, it's it's probably not. So go get checked and be sure, because even if it's not that there could be other things going on with a person. Um, you know, depression is certainly not something to take lightly. If if you're having struggles that way, it's better to go and, and assess, correct? 
Absolutely. And also, I mean, we've talked about this before that medications can have side effects. So, you know, someone could have symptoms of forgetfulness and, you know, they don't associate that necessarily with their, with their medication. It could be some other, you know, multiple multitude of reasons. So we shouldn't jump to any conclusions. Um, but also it's also a good opportunity. If you're feeling that something is wrong or off your body is really smart. It's giving you signals all the time. So, you know, go get it checked out so that you can be properly diagnosed. Maybe it's not dementia, maybe it's something else. And maybe it's your diet that needs correcting. So it's just a matter of kind of listening to your body and, getting it checked out so that you can kind of rule out all the other um, possible causes. Mm -hmm. It's interesting too, because you mentioned all like the wellness um, suggestions and tips to keep in mind, just to take care of your physical and mental cognitive health, right? And emotional stress and all this stuff. And we've been talking about this in various ways over the last several weeks with you. And that stuff is not just when you start noticing the signs and symptoms of potential dementia this is like even in our 20s and 30s uh and and 40s like up until our 60s i guess these things can make a huge difference and impact on how you maintain your cognitive health absolutely you want to have a great base so you know the stronger your foundation the longer it's going to help take you forward in life exactly francis thank you this has been really great um information as usual thank you Francis Wong joins us every other week for Wellness Chat. And today we were talking about dementia, some of the signs and symptoms and suggestions to uh, mitigate or just slow down the onset of dementia. Hi, I'm Ramia Amuthan. Join me weekly for AMI Audiobook Review, the podcast that explores new titles, introduces us to famous narrators, and updates what's hot at the Center for Equitable Library Access. Download episodes of AMI Audiobook Review from your favorite podcast provider.